I'm going to be teaching tonight, and, and it's going to be more on a teaching level tonight. Reading, doing the bread reading, I, along with just studying and stuff, I, I try to do that bread reading every year just, just to read it through again, you know, just uh, because you, you always, you will always find something else. And um, reading this week in the book of Ruth, something just kind of jumped out at me that I never thought about, you know, because when you're reading, you know, one day you're reading, your mind's here, so you're going to pick up different things. And then the next time you're reading, well, you're going through something or your mind's in a different place and something else jumps out at you. That's why well, I read it through one time. I, well, you need to read it through as many times as you can till the Lord comes back. Just keep, because you'll always pull something else out of the Word. And so uh, something that just uh, jumped out at me this week, and I thought, you know, with the way uh, we're headed and, and, and people coming in and things, I think uh, the Lord just kind of gave me a, a lesson on, on how to treat people. And, uh, and so um, Ruth chapter 2, if you, wanna, if you have your Bibles want to follow along, and, um, if not, you can fo follow along on the screen. Uh, Ruth chapter 2, at this point, Ruth has returned uh, with her mother-in-law, and she has been gleaning in the fields of Boaz. And Boaz has inquired as to who this lady is. The servants have told who she is, and so Ruth speak, or Boaz speaks to Ruth. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thy handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thy handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached uh, her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. And I want to preach uh, or teach for a little while tonight on this thought, welcome stranger. Welcome stranger. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love you and praise you and we thank you for all your goodness and mercy. Lord, we thank you that uh, 
Lord, you have welcomed us, that you gave the word, whosoever will, let him come. Lord, tonight let us hear what your word would say. Let us learn from it to be better, to be more like you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated and God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Welcome, stranger. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome, stranger. A lesson on how to treat people. Growing up, the word stranger was equated to danger. Did I say something funny? No, but it was, you know how it was when you was a kid. Uh, I mean, there were whole programs in elementary school, don't talk to strangers. And it's funny that we, they would teach us, don't take candy from strangers, and then every year on Halloween, we'd knock it on everybody's door. <laughs> you know. And then there's stranger danger. And um, I believe Jake had a little incident when he was a kid, and somebody came up him he just started screaming stranger stranger but now we told him to we you know we were taught as kids to beware and to be aware and um and it was for protection you know not to just be standoffish of people it was just to protect our kids because kids are so trusting and innocent and so it wasn't without merit that we did that it was for a purpose but uh, in the scriptures, that when you read about uh, strangers, it's not somebody trying to give you doped up candy to kidnap you in a white van. Uh, it means that it's a, strangers in scripture, they were strangers to the ways of God. They were strangers to the people of God. They didn't know God, so they were strangers to Israel, to God's people and we have all been a stranger when it comes to the kingdom of God. We've all been strangers. That's why I told you to look at your neighbor and say, hello, stranger. Listen to what uh, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 2, verse 11 through 14. He's reminding us. He said, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. In other words, you were the strangers, and then Israel was God's people, made by flesh, and, or in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. You know, I don't even know, except for just our distinction, that that it's even necessary to say Jew or Gentile anymore because he made us one. Um, he said, it, there was a time when you were that Gentile and you were, then you, you were without Christ and, and, and you were aliens and you were strangers. But now, 
So we're not that anymore. Yeah, naturally Gentiles, but uh, spiritually we're his children. We belong to him. And so we've all been strangers at one point. We're aliens, strangers, no hope without God. It just don't pay to be away from God. It's, it's not a place that you want to find yourself as a stranger in the terms of the scripture. But now in Christ Jesus, I'm so thankful for the Lord. Amen. Now, in John 10, 15 and 16, the Lord wanted his disciples to know that there were others that he was reaching for. Verse 15, he said, And I laid down my life for the sheep, and other sheep, other strangers I have, which are not of this fold, and them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. One God for all of us. One Savior for all of us. One shepherd for all of us. We will be one fold. And so we need to understand that uh, we were strangers at one time from God. And guess what? Israel was strangers at one time because they were strangers that dwelt in the land of Egypt. Now, so I found while I was reading I found a model in this story of Ruth of how to treat strangers. And Boaz is the teacher. And I'm going to go back to Ruth uh, chapter 2 and start at verse 8. And we're going to look at some things and I want to see how it moves over into the church life and the church environment. And so in verse 8 he said, uh, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. When strangers come into this house, you should encourage them and let them know what you are seeking is here. This is the place where you need to be. In other words, make them feel welcome. Welcome, stranger. Hello. This is what Boaz was doing. He said, look, don't you, you hear what I'm saying to you right now? It's what he's telling. He said, what you need is here. Don't go looking anywhere else. You've come to the right place, and you are welcome here. Abide here in this field. Don't go anywhere else. Just come and join right in with these people. This is where you need to be. Make them feel welcome. Verse 9, he said, Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Someone should be examples for the stranger. Be an example. Show them how to worship, how to pray, how to interact with people. You can't just have babies coming into the church and don't know how to do nothing. You don't leave babies unattended. They need attention. They need to be taught. We teach our natural kids how to walk, how to talk, how to do everything that they do. We're, we're investing in them and teaching them. It's the same way when these strangers come in, someone to be an example. He said, so uh, let your eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go after them. And then he said, have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? A safe place is what the church ought to be. They should not have to worry that someone is going to bother them because they are different. They shouldn't have to worry about being laughed at or ridiculed or made fun of because they are different. And he said, I, in that scenario, he said, I've 
you know, she was a young woman. And so he said, he made sure all the young men, you're not to mess with this girl. I want her to be able to come and work in this field and feel comfortable. I want her to be able to come and be here among everybody and feel safe. I don't want her looking over her shoulder all the time. And that's the way the house of God should be. Hello? They should not feel uh, while they're sitting on the pews or in the seats, they should not feel eyes on them all the time. They should not feel like, hmm, who are they? Or they, you know, it, it, they need to be feel, feel welcome and they need to feel safe. And, uh, they, and then he said, and when you get ready to go and drink, when you're thirsty, you go to the vessels. You don't have to leave and go somewhere else. You go to the vessels that uh, they have drawn from and you drink of that. In other words, you're going to be drinking from the same vessels they're drinking from. That's the Lord. Come on. He said, you can drink from the same well. The Lord said, if any man thirst, any man, Jew or stranger, come unto me. Come on. So this, when they're here, we don't treat them like, oh, you can't, oh, you can't get up around here all this, around all this Holy Ghost now because you're a stranger. You can't, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't worship like we do. Maybe they don't even know how to worship like we do. They don't look like we do, uh, but they have decided that this is where they want to be. And so now we need to say, welcome, stranger, but not make them feel strange. Hello? Don't make, he, Boaz was doing everything he could to make her feel comfortable so that she could work and, and do and get everything she needed without worry, without fear, without feeling self-conscious. I just want you to be able to do what you're supposed to do. In verse 10, she falls on her face. She bows herself to the ground. She says unto him, why have I found grace in your eyes? Why would you take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? We, when, when you are sincere, when you are truthful, when you show compassion and love, they will feel it. Even if they are a stranger. They may be different now, but they are here. Welcome, stranger. She said, why would you be like this toward me? Uh, God forbid that they ever come here and never feel goodness and mercy from us. That they never feel like they're accepted. That they never feel like they're welcome. That they never feel like, hey, I can be here and just worship the Lord and, and not have to be worrying about what's going on. Uh, like I say, they're different now, but they're trying to find their way. Ruth's life was tragic. She was, had been married. Her, her, her husband died. She had no children. She, but she made a decision. When you look back over to Ruth 1 and 16, this is the words that Ruth said when Naomi was trying to get her to go back home to her own place. She didn't want to go back to where she came from. She already had been made to feel welcome by Naomi, and she loved that feeling. She said, uh, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee, for wherever you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She had realized, I need something else. I need a people. And it, not the people I came from, but I need new people. Right. See, that's what folks are looking for. It's like, I need some new people in my life. Right. But if these people that I'm looking for that say they've got all this love and mercy are not showing it, well, why are they going to stay? 
Why are they going to stay here? Oh, she said, but she said, I want your people to be my people. One, that's what the Lord said in Ephesians. He said, he's made of these two people. He's made us one. And he said, she said, I want to go somewhere where I can be one with somebody and your God will be my God. In verse 11, Boaz answers and says unto her, it has been fully shown unto me all that you did unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity and you're coming to a people which you knew not heretofore. In other words, he was talking like about Ruth's repentance. It was a change of her old life. And, and what Boaz did, he says, even though you are a stranger, I see something good in you. And when people come in here that maybe, yeah, maybe they don't have the Holy Ghost yet. And I know that Paul said there's nothing good that dwells in my flesh. I understand what he was saying. But when we see people come in, God saw something in them because he died for them. He saw something for them because he redeemed them. He saw something for them because he called them out of darkness. And so we need to be able to see the good in them uh, that God does. Let's see that too. And then uh, once they leave that old world, that's what he said. You have left uh, your father and mother, the land of your nativity. You left where you were born before. You've come here. You've repented of your old life. Now let's help them find a new home. Hello? Let's help them to find their place in the house of God and, in the, and not just in the house of God. Oh, ain't nothing. Hey, you can live in a house and not be part of a family. Nobody that comes to the house should ever feel less than family because we are all brothers and sisters and we are all baptized into one body and filled with the same Holy Ghost. So welcome, stranger. Welcome. You know, we say that sometimes when we see people we ain't seen in a while. Say, hey, welcome, stranger. But you know, that's the way, that's all, when they come in, you're, you're just looking at one of your lost brothers and sisters. You're just looking at, uh, you're looking at another preacher. You're looking at another choir member. You're, you, you, but they've got to be welcomed. They've got to be brought in. And so in verse 12, uh, Boaz says, here's what God will do for you. The Lord recompense your work. A full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. The Lord's going to bless them. And he's going to bless them before they uh, look like us. He, he's going to bless them before they look cleaned up. Hey, when the father fell on the prodigal son, he was nasty and stinking and gross. And he said, put a brand new clean robe on this man. Put brand new clean shoes on them. You know, his toenails were jacked up. He'd been in that hog pen. He was, his feet were rough and nasty and calloused and Whoo! They ain't no tell what was between them toes. But put some shoes on them feet, man. Cover them up. Let's, oh, don't you want to bathe him first? No. Let's just go on and cover him up. Hey, it's funny, but it's the way it was. Yeah, we laughed back. I was like, whoo, but it's, hey, we had walked in filth. We had been in the worst place possible. We had been hanging out with the swine. And the Lord said, welcome, stranger. Some church somewhere said, welcome, stranger. Somebody come up and hugged your neck and said, welcome, stranger. Somebody got down beside you in the altar and said, welcome, stranger. That's right. <laughs> Boaz knew how to treat people. 
uh, you know, I, I've, I've never even paused on the, that scripture before, but just reading it the other morning, man, it's just like the Lord said, check that out, how Boaz is treating this lady when she said, I'm just a stranger. Why are you doing this? Because that's, why are you doing it? Because that's the way the church is supposed to act. That is the way the church is supposed to be. And so uh, the, the Lord's going to give them a full reward because they have begun to trust in him. No, they don't know everything yet. Oh, they're going to make some, some blunders. They're going to probably embarrass themselves. And they, you know, they, you know, but guess what? That's what kids do. But we're going to say, welcome, welcome, stranger. And so in verse 13, then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast, I want you to look at this, for that you have comforted me and you have spoken friendly unto thy handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thy other handmaids. Comfort them. Comfort them does not mean condone. See, a lot of people feel like, well, you can't, you can't be nice to them yet because they're still acting crazy. They ain't learned not to act crazy yet. Right. You know, but he said, comfort them. You can comfort them without condoning wrong behavior. Then she said, you have spoke friendly to me. Speak friendly to them just like you would any other church member. You, you, you shouldn't be talking to somebody how much you love them, turn around like, oh, you just are a mess and stupid and don't know what you're doing. Uh-uh. You talk to them friendly just like you would any other person. She said, I know I'm not like your other handmaids. I'm not even like that, but you've, you've made me feel so good. You've been so friendly. Ain't nothing like uh, friendliness. The, the Bible says to have friends, we must show ourselves friendly. Well, we should be able to speak friendly to people. Uh, I, I met a guy today. Uh, I've never met him, seen him before in my life. And man, just one of the nicest guys. Uh, and just, I, I was like, man, I, I hate it. He lives in Tennessee. And I, hate, I really hated he lives that far away because I felt like, man, I believe, man, this cat would be good friends. He just, we just hit it right off. We're talking just like we'd known each other for years and stuff. I said, it's just something about friendliness. You know, just, he, and he's one of these guys, never been before, and he's just, he's one of these, man, God bless you, brother, and just going, you know, just, uh, I don't even know if, where he goes to church or if he even goes to church anymore or what he, he said he used to, but, you know, just talking about things. Uh, um, he, he was just a great guy. And I said, man, it just makes you feel good to talk to friendly people. And sometimes when people come in here, they feel like they don't have a friend left in the world. They shouldn't feel like that once they hit this room. This should be the friend, you know, everybody, ooh, now listen, couples, oh, friend zone. We don't like that word. You like that? Don't we want to be putting the friend zone? But, hey, but you know what? In here, this is the friend zone. Everybody's your friend. You got to be friends with, hey, you got to be friends with your spouse. If you ain't friends with your spouse, ain't no loving happening. I don't want you to talk. Forget all that. Well, we're married. We just love each other. Not if you ain't friends. You got to be friends. You know, oh, well, my mind. Sometimes I get a little, a little carnality jumps in there. Yeah, last bell. Thank you. I need Sister Everhart up there telling me to move on. But, um, but you know, it's, uh, 
when people come here, this is where they should feel that friendliness. You know, I think about it was Abraham that was a friend of God. But he was a stranger. But you know what? He was a friend of God because God was friendly to him. You know, God's God, but he's friendly. It, it doesn't demean him or make him lower or, or anything to say, God's friendly. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We quote it all the time. So uh, he's friendly. So let us be friendly as well. Right? So that was verse 13, verse 14. And so after she says this, Boaz answers her. He said, when it's supper time and meal time, you come in here, eat, eat of the bread, dip your morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. She sat right with the rest of the people that were working in the field. They didn't have a stranger section for her to sit in. No, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, you can't sit on my row. What are you doing? First day here and you're going to sit on my row? Oh, I'll make you leave if I see you do that to somebody. I'll put you, I'll put you in the back. Don't you, if they come in and they plop down on your row and you're like, oh, no, no, don't you ever say, oh, no, that's somebody else's seat. Don't you ever. There ain't no assigned seats in this house. I mean it. You're like, I know we, we, we're creatures of habit. We sit normally where we normally sit. But if you walk in and say, what you doing in my seat? And it, and Ooh, Lord forbid that I hear you ask that statement because I'd be like, come here. <laughs> I might not be so friendly for a moment. No, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's, it isn't. It, there's no assigned seats in here. I know we like our place. We like our spots. You know what you ought to do one week, just Sunday? Sit somewhere else completely different. Amen. Just sit somewhere else. Don't sit where you normally sit. Just sit somewhere else and just, just see if the same Holy Ghost don't move. Because it will. It'll, it'll move if you're sitting here or there. Right. Here or there. It doesn't matter. Amen. He's going to move. And so let's make sure that that doesn't become a problem. We need to have out the big sign that says, Welcome Stranger. Yes. We can't just have signs because they look good. You know, we got some signs for our kids to hold. And it can't just be, oh, uh, you know, it can't just be photo op. Uh, we got some signs so we can say, let people see you on Facebook that we got signs for people when they walk in, but then you don't even treat them like you do on the sign. You know, we're saying, we're, you know, we're glad you're here. We love you already. Do you? Do you? <laughs> Are you glad I'm here? Because I just got kicked out of my seat. <laughs> I took a couple to camp meeting one year, first time they've ever been down there. I was sitting on the row, like a section beside them, and they were, they had come in and had sat down, had been sitting there, and a man came and moved them out of those chairs because that's where him and his wife always sit. Whew. If it wasn't something about rebuking elders, I, I, I would have had to say something. I was so humiliated and just like, are you kidding me right now? You did not. They, they were 50 other chairs Empty, one row back, one row forward. Oh no, I got to have. It's a metal chair. They all look the same. They all sit the same. You can't hear no better here than you can in front over there. 
and move them. Hey, this is where my wife and I sit. You see all these other empty seats, partner? Mm. Let's speak friendly. Let's invite them. Let's make sure they know we're here for you. And so he, he told her, he said, so you come on up and you sit. And she, she came, she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and she was satisfied before she left. If we treat them right, they'll find what they're looking for before they leave. Jesus said, you can keep drinking from this well of the world and you'll always thirst. But if you drink from the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. In other words, you'll be satisfied. And that's the way we should be treating people. And guess what? When he made that statement, he made it to a stranger. It was to a Samaritan woman. And she already had made the statement, why are you talking to me? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Yeah, that's because they hadn't learned no better yet. Because they're supposed to be treating strangers uh, the way uh, that uh, they would themselves. They're supposed to love the stranger the way they love themselves. And so uh, she was satisfied. She, she got what she needed. She, she was able to, to take something in, and, and she was able to continue on. And, and, uh, and it wasn't going to be just for that day. He was like, every day that they're harvesting, this is where you come. This is what you do. And then he doesn't stop. Boaz just continues um, to, uh, he says, when she was risen up to glean, he, he, he turned around and he tells the people, he says, look, just let them keep on gleaning from the sheaves. Don't say anything about it. You let her keep coming back. Don't reproach her. And let some also of the handfuls of purpose fall. Leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. You just keep on. He just said, you know how you treat people? You just keep on blessing them. You don't stop after they say thank you. See, she had already, man, you've, you've been so good to me. You've, you've, you've spoke friendly to me. You've comforted me. And I bet he, you know, a lot of us would be going, done my good deed, and then just move on. You don't stop blessing them just because they thanked you. Just because, they, because it's, it, it's not about you, it's about them. Oh, they, 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 they've, they've brushed my ego, so I'm, I'm good. I, I can tell everybody how I helped somebody else. It's not about it. Boaz said, ah, he said, look, here's, look, I know she's on out. She's working again, so you make sure that she continues to be blessed and fed and make sure she gets what she needs. We're not going to stop uh, just because she's come in and had one meal with us. We're not going to stop after that. You don't stop after one visit. You continue to love them and reach for them and to bless them. He said, look, no reproach, no rebuke. Instruct them. You hear what I'm saying? Don't reprove them. Don't rebuke them. Uh, instruct them. Paul wrote to Timothy uh, about the servant of the Lord, 2 Timothy 2. He said, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. You feel like you're a servant of the Lord? I do. I feel like I'm a servant of the Lord, not just because I'm a pastor. If I'm, his, if I'm his, I'm a servant of the Lord. And so he said, the servant of the Lord uh, must not strive. Can't always be a tug of war with people and, and always beating them down and wearing them out. He said, you must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Be apt to teach. Be patient 
Ooh, it's tough sometimes. Be patient. He said, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Because if God, peradventure, or we're hoping that God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. He said, if we'll be good to them, then God can bless them. And that's what Boaz had said to her. He said, uh, you know, he's being good to her. He's telling her what he's going to do, all these things. And he says, and, and the God of Israel give you a full reward. And that's what we want. When we're good to them, maybe God will grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And then the truth can set you free. And that they may recover. Listen, that's the, what he said. And that they may recover themselves. Because ultimately, I can't save them and you can't save them. Just like Ruth had to make a decision. Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I don't, ha I don't have to come back to the field tomorrow. I don't have to make my life better. I can choose to just have one service and go, and some will do that. But whenever you have compassion, the Scripture says it makes a difference. And so they can recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. There's going to be results when we say welcome stranger, when we love them and welcome them and work with them and treat them the way the Bible says to treat them. In Boaz, his approach, it was scriptural. It wasn't just something he, because Boaz was just that good guy. It was scripture. He lived according to scripture. And so in Leviticus, this, this in Leviticus 19 and 10, just to show you, this is from the law that Moses had. He said, And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shall you gather every grape in the vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger, I am the Lord your God. So he's like, don't be gleaning up and picking up everything. He said, you leave some. You let some of the good stuff fall behind so that they can have, so that these strangers will have the blessings as well. We don't want them to perish. We don't want them gone. Over in verse uh, 33 and 34, it says, and if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, if he's living there in your land, you shall not vex him or oppress him. When a stranger comes in, you're not going to vex them, worry them, make them fret, oppress them. He said, but the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you. Oh, because if you could go back in time, you'd realize I was just like them. They, I, I, I spent my time on the pew before any change happened. I was a stranger at one time in the house of God. And uh, so he said, the stranger that dwells with you will be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. In other words, that seals it. There's no... Uh, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to be uh, trying to fix it up. Listen, we were strangers too, which Paul wrote to Ephesians. At one time, you were strangers, and we were. Now, Exodus 12 and 49 says, There shall be one law 
shall be to him that is homeborn. I almost said homeboy. One law shall be to him that is homeborn. That's funny. Reminds me of a story. Brother Eberhardt didn't know the term homeboy. He didn't know what that meant. But one year, me, Brother Daniel Sweat, Brother Ashley Vaughn, we were we had a little singing group in the church, and he was at camp meeting, and uh, he meant to just say because we were from there, but he said, he said, all right, we got a request for my homeboys to sing, <laughs> and he meant because we were from there, that was our home church. He wasn't saying that's my homeboys, but every, of course, all the young people were like. Ah! So we were the Milstead homeboys for a while. That's it. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But he said that there will be one law shall be to him that is from here and unto the stranger that sojourns among you. In other words, the word of God is not just for those who say they are the people of God. It's for all people. The Lord said, Behold, all souls are mine. Now, does God recognize when people are out of his will and in his will? Yes. Does he recognize when they're obedient and, and, or not obedient? Yes, he recognizes that. But he still has all souls. And they all belong to him. And as I have said multiple times, we may have something they don't have, but we don't have something they can't have. And so that's what we're trying to get them to by saying, welcome, stranger. This is a, you've, you've, you've reached where you need to be. You are where you need to be. You've found what you need. This is what you want to do. So uh, we are all, the Bible says, we are all born again by the Word of God. So that means the Word of God is for all of us. It doesn't matter. He says it's not about Jew or Gentile, but it is a new creature that is important. We're trying to get people born again. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times people say, well, working with the stranger can become confusing. And, and you don't have to compromise who you are to be good to them. You don't have to let down on anything that you are. You don't have to let down on your standards. You don't have to let down on your convictions. You do not have to do that to be friendly and loving to people. And no one should ever make you feel like, well, I'd hang out with you if you didn't believe like this or believe like that. Well, if that's their way, then you say, well, I love you anyway, but I'm not going to change. And guess what? Boaz did not break the law or change who he was so he could redeem Ruth because there was a problem. Naomi sent Ruth to Boaz, said, go to him, find him when he goes to sleep, curl up at his feet, and you know, you're gonna, we're going to try to get you married. Well, Boaz wakes up, scares him to death in the middle of the night, woman laying down at his feet. But then he's like, you know, she says, spread thy skirt over thy handmaid. And, you know, in other words, she's saying, take me into your home, let me be your wife. And he said, I would love to do that, but here's, here's the thing. Things have got to be done right. In Ruth 3 and 13, he explains to her. He said, tarry tonight, and it will be in the morning that if... He, in other words, he said, yes, I am a near kinsman, but there is one who is nearer than I. In other words, I can't jump the line. Maybe she was beautiful. I don't know. Maybe she was just beautiful, and he was like, Whew, 
And, he, and we already know he was an older guy because he had said, I appreciate you, you know, speaking to an older man like this when you can have your pick of one of these young guys. But he said, I would love to do this, but there's one who is nearer than I am to you. And so we're going to have to do things right so that you can be redeemed. He said, I'm not going to jump line. I'm not going to whisk you away and we'll just run off and hide and do whatever. He said, it'll have to be done right. So he said, tarry tonight and it'll be in the morning. That if this guy will perform it unto thee, the part of a kinsman, then that'll be fine. Well, let him do it. Let him do the kinsman's part. But he said, if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth. And he said, lie down to the morning. So he said, we're still going to have to do things right. That's the thing. When you're working with strangers, you can't compromise because, you know, because she, she came to him. She wanted Boaz. That's who she wanted. She, she said, spread thy skirt over me. Make me thy wife. I, 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 that's what we're after here. And he said, love to do it, but it's got to be done right. And so whenever we're working with those strangers and we're welcoming them in, that's fine. We're going to love them. We're going to be friendly to them. We're going to comfort them, show them the right ways. But we're never going to compromise Scripture because that won't help them. The only way she could be redeemed was to be redeemed lawfully. And the only way people can be redeemed is to be redeemed by the Scripture. And so we've got to be what we're supposed to be. So you've got to trust enough in the Lord and who you are to Him that you don't change who you are to win or to even have somebody. I could just go on a dating, a dating lesson right now. <laughs> Trying to date folks into the church is nonsense, man. Cut but I'm going to just move on. That's another lesson for another time. But, but the example is true right here. You need to make sure that uh, you don't change who you are so you could win or have somebody. All right, I'm going to move on. So, what is, so, so how important was uh, the way we treat strangers to Jesus? I'm going to tell you how important it was. In Matthew 25, the Lord was talking about things, how it would be at the end of the world, and he gives this example. Matthew 25 and 35, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came unto me. The righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when did we see you sick, in prison, and came to thee, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Jesus said, I was a stranger, and you took me in. You know what the thing is? Is that he was born through the lineage of a stranger. Because when you read Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, you will see Ruth and Boaz listed in his generations. And she was a stranger. Mm, but somebody welcomed her in. Listen, Ruth was a stranger, part of the lineage of Christ. And so the Lord said, I was a stranger. Woo! Man, I feel the Lord. I'll tell you. Listen, 
Boaz performed how the church should perform. Boaz is an example of how the church should be treating people just because they're strangers, just because they're not like us. Uh, when they come in these doors, we should be saying, welcome, stranger. We are glad you are here. Come on. Listen. Someone said to Ruth, welcome, stranger, and she was a stranger no more. They won't always be a stranger. They will move from one place to the other. They will move from such were some of you to, but now you are washed. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm thankful tonight that that when I was a stranger because he's also very uh, firm about what happens to those who don't treat strangers right. In verse 41, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, in the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, well, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? And he will answer, I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. Boy, that's the dividing factor, isn't it? How are we treating the stranger? God will know how are you treating the stranger because I was a stranger. Are you going to take me in or are you going to shut me out? Are you going to leave me cold and sick and without or are you going to bring me in so I can find uh, what I'm looking for? Did, did you do that? The Bible says, to be careful when you entertain strangers because you may be entertaining angels unaware. And uh, so I've heard stories of people that have spoken to they thought were people and be in a room where there's no way to go out, not quickly anyway, and turn around and that person be gone. And where did they go? And they realized it was an angel of the Lord that, that God sent to speak to them and and I believe in that stuff. I believe God will send angels. I believe, I believe that. And, and uh, I can stand in and tell stories about things like that, but we're running out of time. But, so, but that's it. Just because they're a stranger doesn't mean that God don't love them. We can't wear our new birth identity as some kind of haughty badge of honor. Ah, yeah, I'm thankful that I've been born again. And the Bible says our soul makes its boast in the Lord, but, but in my flesh I know who I was and God was friendly to me and God welcomed me and the church welcomed me and, and people loved me and welcomed me and that's why I'm here. Nobody stays where they don't feel wanted. You've got to love people. And uh, stand with me tonight, John the Beloved, in his third letter, the first chapter in verse 5, he wrote to the church, he said, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. Yeah, we, we should be good. To, I've, I've preached a lot lately on brotherly love and unity and, and those things, and that's right. 
We've got to love one another. That's how they know we're his disciples. But then he said, but you also doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the stranger. You're not just creating your own little community here and shutting everybody out, but you're welcome, welcome in. Hey, if they don't, they come in and they, they say, hey, this ain't for me, that's up to them. But we're not going to shut them out. We're not going to lock them out. We're not going to push them out. We're not going to push them to the side and, and make them you know, feel like they can't come in and sit where they want to sit or, or stand up and worship like they want to worship because they... You know, everybody don't have that same little, you know, it's, everybody don't. We're not line dancing. They're trying to, everybody doing the same thing. This ain't no, this ain't no honky tonk. This ain't no, uh, ain't no boot scoop boogie going on in here. I hate that song. It ought to be banned from airplay anywhere. It's the worst song ever written in the history of songwriting. But he said, whatever you do, he said, you do, he said, you be faithful to home and you be faithful to the stranger. You be faithful to those people. You, 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 you speak to them kindly. You be faithful in that. And so, you know, don't, don't speak to them one week and ignore them the next week. Speak to them. So the church says welcome stranger because if you welcome a stranger you could say you're welcoming the Lord because he said if you did it to the least of these you did it to me I wouldn't ever want to make the Lord feel unwelcome so I'll tell you just a little teaching tonight little things you see let's be you know let's be like Boaz in that respect Let's, let's learn how to treat people, to comfort them, to be friendly to them, to lead them in the ways that they should go. Be ready to, to provide for them if we have to, but let's, let's treat them right. Let's say welcome stranger. While she's playing, let's come pray in the altar for a bit before we're dismissed tonight. Just come and talk to the Lord. Lord, help me to be better. Help me to love people better. Help me to be better with strangers, with those that are not like me so they'll feel welcome in the house of the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. I believe there's a harvest. The Lord said it. I believe it. I believe there's a harvest. It's not coming. It's already ripe and ready. And uh, you can believe uh, that that harvest is, is going to bring some strangers in. But the church is well equipped or should be to handle strangers. It doesn't mean, don't worry about people say, well, I seen people coming out of that restoration church, man, they, they didn't look apostolic. Well, if they all did, we'd be doing something wrong. You know, it's, we're not here to cookie cutter, cut people. We're not cloning people. We're not 3D printing people. We're, we're here to, to win souls to the Lord. And so you know, they're going to come in. I want them to get their souls right with God. And, man, the Lord will work on the rest of that stuff. He's the potter, not us. And let him mold them and shape them. But, but that doesn't mean we've got to back up, let down, or let go of anything. We don't have to change to win the lost. Jesus touched people from every walk of life, but he never changed who he was. He never, just because he sat down at the table with folks who weren't like him, didn't mean he was like them. He was trying to get them to be like him. And so he didn't isolate himself, but he didn't change. He stayed the same. So you don't let go of what got you here. And you don't have to, oh, we'll never win anybody if, if we preach this or preach that. Yes, we will. You know how many apostolic Pentecostals there are in the world? You think they was all born apostolic Pentecostal? No, they wasn't. And they, some of them looked a fright till God, got, till God got through with them. We're just workers together with him. Amen. So let's make them feel welcome. I love you. Let's be at church Sunday ready to see what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Be the last day of the fast. I don't know how many of y'all are, are on that and you're struggling through this liquid only week, but you'll make it. You'll make it in Jesus' name. It's going to be a great, great service on Sunday. Let's come expecting the Lord to move. God bless you. Be safe. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.